0: Glad to see you and have you pay us a visit. We hope you're looking forward to hearing about two great off-Broadway shows, because we've got them in store for you today. Up first, we head to the Art New York Theaters, where we saw Hunger and Thirst, theater company's production of Discus. This was a fabulous reworking of a classic Greek tale. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the official name is, but it's the story of Apollo and um, Hyacinth. Hyacinth. and so, one that honestly I was not familiar with. So this was fun for me to see and be like, ah, okay. Um, I love the modernizing of the language for this, though. You know, it wasn't done in a Greek language, if you will. It was done in today's speak. Um, so. Speech pattern. That yeah, well, speech pattern and and vocabulary. There we go. Okay. Yeah, the whole shebang. Like we we had every. social group represented in the show. You know, so it was really wonderful in that way. The sound design was fabulous. There was always noise there to help create the mood or tension. Um, which was really, really wonderful. The costumes were really great. Um, they were a great combination of, like, Greek gauze with these sheer fabrics and whatnot. But also, like, BDSM with these, like, leather and bindings and stuff. So it was very hyper-sexualized as well. Okay. Um... But not over, like... Not so much that it was like a an HBO show or something. You know what I mean? It, it was... It was just enough to hint at the fact that, like, you know, they were having this celebration at the time that was like, you know, that was the norm. But... Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was a love story. But it was subtle. Okay. It was like tongue-in-cheek. Which was nice. Um, but, yeah, it was cool costumes um the set was basically just curt these three these purple curtains and then they had a painted floor and that was fine that was more than enough you know players in space in that space that was that was perfect um the characterizations that all these wonderful actors brought to the table were fabulous particularly the actor playing apollo he was wonderful um but everyone, it, they were unique, and they gave, they brought wonderful depth to all these dif- different gods and goddesses, which was wonderful. I really, really, really liked it. Um, it was a wonderful afternoon out. It was different than than what the other shows I've seen, and I, and I appreciated it a lot. And shout-out to Victoria Fragnito, um, who we had on The Whisper. We whisper in the wings i was not say the weekly whisper whisper in the wings uh she wrote and starred in scar tissue um she informed us about this show she was in it she played hades and she was wonderful um so it was really great to see her and she passed on scripts of her show scar tissue to us which i'm fangirling about um but yeah so fun to see her in that sadly this show closed on march 26 2022 To conclude our evening out, we headed to the Gene Frankel Theater, where we saw A White Man's Guide to Rikers Island. So, this was, this was an interesting story overall. It's basically a one-man show about kind of like a, a richer kid turned actor who was high and drunk, ran around, like, kill a Puerto Rican kid. hmm yeah, and through his white privilege gets it all knocked down two years later to um, a deal where he has to serve a year in jail and then do pro- 250 hours of community service, but he can be out in six months with good behavior, and so because his sentence is so little that he has to serve it at Rikers island, okay. which we all know has a, has a reputation of being the happiest place on earth, mm-hmm. you know, um, so there's the premise Um, I like that the show acknowledged that there's a huge racial discrepancy or disparity and how broken the justice prison, uh, the justice system and the prison system is, as well as mainly how horrible conditions and whatnot are at Rikers. So I, I love that that was shining the light on that. You know, the fact that most of the inmates at Rikers are of color, 92% of inmates at Rikers Island are of color particularly African American but they only make up 12% of the entire population of the US. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. Um it also acknowledged and addressed white privilege. And it, it wasn't just like, you know, I have white privilege. It was pointing out like, let me show you how my white privilege got me out of this and helped me with that and did, you know, which I appreciated the fact that the author of the play, playwright, um was able to p- not just say I have white privilege but really hyper focus and say, this is an example of my white privilege. Mm-hmm. You know? And he wasn't shying away from the fact that, you know, the character, or maybe if, if it was true events, like, no, I, I utilize my white privilege. Mm-hmm. Whether I should be ashamed or not. Um, the set was simple, but effective. Couple benches, painted walls, uh, desk. The lighting was decent, but there's a few moments where I struggled to see the actor. I don't know if that was by design or not. It... If it, because the actor was delivering information so I was like come in the light you know mm-hmm. um the actor I love like he was really good at creating the world and telling the story don't get me wrong by any means he was very very good but one of the things I loved the most is he had to create the other people around him Siobhan who was his cellmate who was a transgender person and Saddam who was like the guy across the way like his two best friends so he had to create all these different characters, but in the way he described them and described the interactions, we actually saw them. And then it also helped that they had like soundbite recordings that they play of these different people when okay. they had to respond. So you hear their voices, and then you hear the dude talk about them and address them, and it's like, oh my god, I can actually see all these different characters that exist in the space, which was really cool. Um, so it was a good show overall. But I give pause at this one moment (laughs) because I was very uneasy through the entire show because of this. This is the first show that I went to that um, I was not checked if I was vaccinated. There was no vaccine check and there was no mask requirement. In fact, out of about 55 people, I was one of three that wore their mask, like had a mask on. And I know that they rescinded the mask mandate, but. Uh, I know that we'll be returning to this, but it still made me feel very hesitant and unsafe. I was like, I don't know if Joe Schmo is vaccinated or what. You know, I don't know who's got what. I'm not ready for this. Are we really? I guess it's a the coping mechanism, whatever. Because we've we had to go so long without it. I'm just a little nervous still right now to to just dive full force back into it you know. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was the only thing that made me go, oh, in such a small space, but the show itself was pretty darn decent. Uh, Sadly, the show closed on April 2nd, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition, coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StageWhisperPod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Mad Sky and Billy Murray.